0: Hello and welcome to Extraordinary Journeys. I'm Claire Herriot and I'd love you to join me as I discover how the decisions we make can lead to extraordinary life journeys. Welcome to my first podcast ever. I'm a little bit nervous but excited as well. I've been inspired to do podcasts. Um, by a friend called Dylan who I will be interviewing today as my very first guest. He's very excited as well. Uh, The reason for it being called Extraordinary Journeys is not for travel reasons but for people reasons. I'm inspired by people and I think this is a great opportunity to delve in a bit deeper and to find out more about somebody's life journey, the decisions they've made, how they've made them and What's inspired them? Without further ado, I'd like to welcome my very first guest. Uh, This is Dylan Reeve Fellows. Hello.
1: Thank you very much for having me on here. I feel honoured to be the first guest on this this new journey. Literally, a podcast is a journey, so it's kind of very fitting for the title Extraordinary Journeys itself.
0: The reason I've chosen Dylan and how I know him is that uh, Dylan is a good friend of my son's Matthew, and he's 21. But As a family, we all really love Dylan. And the reason, (laughs) but the reason that I think Dylan is an interesting person to have on my podcast is because of his journey. Um, He's made and done things that I think is out of the ordinary. Dylan, first of all, I'd like to ask you um, a little bit about when did you start to do videos on YouTube?
1: So yeah, like you're saying about my journey, YouTube is one of the key themes throughout my, essentially me growing up and is one of the things that I've consistently done. And, um, I think it's inspired so much that I have gone on to do thanks to starting a YouTube channel, but I started making videos. Well, see, here's the thing back in like eight, nine years ago when YouTube was just a new thing, I started making videos on, do you you ever know about like, um, when the first iPods came out, there was ways you could like jailbreak them. And that was so like, you get like, um, these like free sort of apps and it was like a thing in school where everybody was trying to do it and on the school computers which was quite ridiculous because you know the school computers have all these blockers on and um i must have went home one evening and made a video talking when i was about in i don't know year eight or nine talking about jailbreaking your your ipod which is obviously a long time ago because ipods aren't really a a big thing now and um it, it got loads of views and there was something that was very satisfying about getting views and i i like people ask me what it is and i i can't quite explain what it was about getting so many views that made me feel like almost accomplished um so yes. i so i made that first video and then i i was like oh, i quite like this so i started to make other small gaming videos over the years throughout like year 9 and 10 and whatever but the only thing was i never really got that many views on these videos because it's such a a saturated market cuz everybody wants to be a youtuber and a gamer and, um, yes. that, and then eventually, this is how I got around to the YouTube channel, as you know, it's Student Vlogs, is that I, I made a video about my GCSE results. And then the year after, when I went to my AS levels, I made a video reacting to one of my AS level exams. And I realized that because nobody, and because it's no, it wasn't that cool to be mm-hmm. uh, talking about exams or schoolwork, that... There was a small niche in the market for people wanting to okay. relate to hearing somebody talk about an exam everybody's just had or their results. And that was yes. kind of when the channel channel was created back in, well, it's got to be five years ago now.
0: So just sort of just going back a little bit to what you said, you mm. said you sort of started doing this sort of jailbreaking in year yeah. eight, I believe, just <laughs> so we all know. Can you give me a rough idea of age? Yeah, that so year
1: eight in the UK, secondary so school.
0: Howard, how that's about what, like... That's a second year in old ways, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. it must be sort of maybe 13 or something. Yeah, or about,
1: about 13, 14. So it was, I think, because YouTube, I don't know if you know, but YouTube was created in, I think it was like 2000 and between 2007 and nine. So it was like a, it's like, it's a semi new thing considering how globally recognized and how big it is right now.
0: That's interesting. So when you did your response to your Exam? Did you say yeah. your A levels or something? Uh, did you have any idea that it would be popular, or did you know just noticed views going up? So that's
1: the thing. Like when I when I look back on the content I was making, it was it was fairly mediocre content. Um, but at the time, like I would upload them and people would be like, "Yeah, great video. Really like the videos," despite the content being quite mediocre. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, but then I realised what it thanks. was. Is yeah, thanks. <laughs> but I realised what it was that. The fact that I wasn't, let's say, because all the YouTubers at the time that were getting loads of views on study videos were all the smart people who are, let's say, getting all A stars, etc, etc. But I think I was the only YouTuber at the time who came out of an exam who said, oh, you know, that went fairly badly. I got this for question two. Apparently, it was something else. So I think people liked that relatability. So I think I definitely did see the numbers and on the videos kind of growing. But I think the main thing I saw was that the the people were enjoying the content because it was like a refreshing perspective to be to be to be average, essentially, in that sense.
0: So I can imagine people really related because, you know, there are not everybody's going to get top marks all the time, but they related to you being just yourself and yeah. being completely honest this particular youtube channel it's called student vlogs is that right
1: yes i started it five years ago I And mean, there's an interesting reason why why i called it student vlogs i mean i guess you can kind of put two and two together is yes. that let's say obviously you know the channel is about, all about student vlogs like videoing student life and yes. making vlogs and stuff but i realized that if i called it student vlogs if people were just to generically search student vlogs if my name was student vlogs then I would pop up when they generically search student vlogs without knowing about me if that makes any sense I see so it's Ah, like a little marketing sort of trick so now I'm known as student vlogs but if you generically search student vlogs then I would pop up
0: that's a really good idea
1: that was the logic behind yeah creating with the name student vlogs all them all them years ago now but
0: may I ask now how many subscribers you have to your channel
1: yeah so 45,000 subscribers currently so it's it's weird when you put it in perspective because that's, you know, bigger than some football stadium crowds, which is, yeah. when you think about it, quite quite strange. But like you say, like it's um it's something that grows exponentially over time, you'd hope.
0: So out of those sort of five years, what would you say or do you know what has been the most popular video and why?
1: OK, it's a, this is a funny one. So the most popular video I ever made was how to get free food from McDonald's. So it's the one video in my life that is completely uh, detached from the theme of my channel. And it's the one video I'd say that was probably the worst and had the, he had the least amount of effort put into it as a video, but it became the most popular. This video is basically about how you, McDonald's Monopoly is where you you know, you know get a McDonald's burger, you peel off the sticker, yes. and you have a chance to win the food. Yes. Um, and there was this thing going around on Lab Bible and Facebook that basically said, oh, if you have got a sticker or something, it has a code on, you type this code into the self-service machine and it gives you a free burger. But instead of having the sticker lad bible just gave out the codes
0: oh no! and then
1: yeah so you could essentially get free food by putting in these codes so before school one day i saw this and i was at the bus stop outside my house and i was like i might as well make a video on this because i'm bored on my way to school so i filmed on my phone um like a two three minute video about how to get free food got on the bus went to mcdonald's uh, typed in this code from lab bible got a free burger and just kind of filmed the process. And honestly, it was the the lowest quality video I ever made. (laughs) And it got, I think, about 500,000 views. And even even to this day, it's still one of the videos that kind of gets me the most views on a a daily basis. It's never stopped growing.
0: I think what's interesting, you know, you can have one video, but actually what it does, it encourages people to look at your other videos. Have you had any complaints from McDonald's?
1: That's very true, though. Like, I I must say that that video has generated so much traffic for my channel overall um but in terms of complaints from McDonald's not directly I feel like I'm I'm too small for them to worry about I think they wouldn't care but I definitely did have a few comments saying you know this is the equivalent to stealing or you should stop eating McDonald's your skin's so bad because at the time I had quite bad acne nasty it's a A ruthless it's a ruthless place
0: (laughs) (laughs) so you've got a student vlog but I noticed that you've got some other channels on YouTube as well you have Mm. a Economics and me, I noticed. Uh, yeah. um, not the quite the same following, but you obviously have you have Dylan Travels, which I noticed uh, a trip to Greece on that one, and <laughs> you have your uh, you have one other one as well. Do you just tell us about the other channels that you've currently got?
1: Yeah, so I've actually got uh, yeah, like you say, five channels. I have got one obviously main one dedicated to student life. I've got one dedicated to economics, where I basically kind of it's a bit more niche. So let's say if there's some followers on student vlogs. They love the economic side of things. They love investing. They might be inclined to follow my economics channel, which talks about stock reviews and stuff like that. And then the same for traveling. I've got a traveling one where, because I love traveling. It's a big passion of mine. I like to Mm. uh, to explore. And I figured that sometimes when you explore places, you find these great little sort of adventures that Mm. are not mainstream and they're not really that well known about that are so good. Um, So essentially my travels channel is just to, to document the great places I've been to in terms of the 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 great finds on holidays um and then I've got another one which I put my podcast highlights on so it's it's kind of like a yeah the main channels student vlogs and then subsections down into different categories just if if people want a bit more to to listen to me more I guess
0: has it been worth the effort because I know even doing one video is really time consuming all the editing and all that goes into it Mm -hmm. you know has it how has it been worthwhile? You know, what has it done for you that's been worth yeah. persisting with over those last five years? I
1: feel like with the smaller channels at the moment, they're, they're, there's there, been no real, it's nice to get a, a few views and a few followers, but at the moment, there's no real big reward in them because uh, obviously they're not, it's, it's like you say, it's so time consuming that I don't have enough time to consistently put out content on them. And content mm. consistency is the one thing you need to, to be successful on YouTube.
0: Content consistency. Do you yeah, mean exactly, posting yeah. consistently? So
1: regularly posting. Mean?
0: Okay. What would be regular?
1: The big vloggers. The, well, I mean, Casey Neistat is a classic example of, I'm sure Have you've seen Casey Neistat. Yes, His I so do good. know. I do know he's, him. He's honestly amazing. Yes. And he became famous from doing daily vlogs. And I...
0: He did. And yeah, I really liked the fact that he also used my first camera, which was a Canon 70D. That's
1: so interesting. I think he's inspired so many people as well. He's... I mean, it's crazy to think how many people have done stuff like you've done and like I've done because of him. But but yeah, he was he was uploading daily, and he was he would literally wake yes. up. I remember him seeing at eight, film his content, have to finish at four, spend the whole night editing, get it scheduled for the next day, and the same cycle while running businesses and life. Every day for like I mean a year for like three it's or four seasons, <laughs> and that's what made him what he is today. Of course, but I I don't know I. I don't know how we did it.
0: No. So has it has it uh have you had financial benefit from the, particularly from your vlogs your student vlogs?
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah, so the way it works with um sort of YouTube and financing is that the, obviously before a video I'm sure everybody's listening has um has watched YouTube videos and seen that they kind of chuck a load of adverts at you before the videos sometimes non-skippable, sometimes 30 seconds. Notably of late, there's a lot more adverts and a lot more longer adverts on there. Um, but they auction off these adverts to to, to companies and then yes. they get an X amount of money from that auction and then they give you a percent of that. So I think it works out maybe a 60-40 split. So I think you get 60% of the revenue from that um, from that auction of the adverts on your videos and Google get 40%. And then... Yeah, you can choose how many adverts you put in there, and that's essentially how you make your your money. So it's all through the the AdSense and the adverts prior to your videos.
0: And it's been worth it, has it?
1: I think I think the the real money in YouTube is not so much with the actual AdSense revenue, but with the the other traffic that you can generate from your videos. So let's say if I was to have my like I, I do Skillshare videos as well. So if I put a link to my Skillshare channel in the the description. As well as people watching my videos, they then would click on my Skillshare link, watch Skillshare videos, and I earn a bit more money again. I might put like a a link to my music, they would listen to my music, and I get a few more pennies again. So I think it's really that sort of, the money's really in the description, and AdSense is a nice sort of top-up, if that makes any sense.
0: That's a very good one-liner, the money's in the description. I think it is, I think it is. I I like the way that you you think beyond just what you're doing you're thinking about other avenues other ways you can um get Mm -hmm. known but also you know have income as well and you mentioned skillshare when did you start that and why did you start this is
1: where I can't take all the credit for myself there's um there's a guy called Ali Abdul, and he's a he's a 26 year old Cambridge graduate now a doctor and he's the sort of person that kind of inspired me to do the that inspired the monies in the description really yeah so he's um he does a similar thing with like Skillshare and all these different avenues of passive income. Um, and he made this video yeah. all about how much money he was earning in a calendar month. And um, this was about six months ago. I remember talking about it with Matt and we were saying like, oh, it's crazy how much um, Ali Abdul is earning from Skillshare because he basically uploaded this video, as I was saying, about his monthly income. And he earned, despite despite... So, yeah, on YouTube, he had a million subscribers. He was getting hundreds of thousands of views every month. And on Skillshare, he had this channel where he created two classes with way less views um, overall. Yeah, he was earning so much more money from his Skillshare classes compared to YouTube.
0: Was he? And then I saw Golly. this video.
1: Yeah, it was, it's crazy. It's I mean, it, honestly, it was crazy. So he was earning, I'd say, about... Relative to the number of students and views in his Skillshare classes compared to YouTube, he probably had about ten percent of the followers, ten percent of the views, but was maybe earning about five times as much from Skillshare as YouTube.
0: That's very good advice, and Dylan, I, for everybody listening out yeah. there. That's you know, if we've got something, if you've got something to skills to share. But but what's interesting, you mm-hmm. were saying he had like a million subscribers and still he earned more on Skillshare.
1: Like the effort to make a Skillshare class versus a YouTube video is Skillshare is a bit longer to make but they're still bo- both equally, you know, time consuming and the same sort of effort. And I saw this and I was like, okay, then I've got, I've got to make a Skillshare class. So I made one in, I think it was June this year, or during, no, during the, yeah, during the yes. first lockdown, I was like, it's the perfect time to start doing it because nothing else mm. is happening. So I finished my exams at uni, made a Skillshare class in the summer. And then since then I've just continued to, to try and pump them out because they are a great way to, to earn a bit of cash. I think everyone should do it,
0: if you've got Definitely. skills to I share. I think that's really good. And again, Definitely. sort of what I was saying to you earlier about when you, uh, you know, when you do your videos, they're really natural, they're authentic, it's very honest, very you. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I liked about the, the videos I saw on Skillshare of yours. Um, sometimes when mm-hmm. I look at some YouTube videos, it can just be a bit over my head, a bit too technical, perhaps in, explained in a way that's just not at my level. But I, I really like the way you do your videos. They're really kind of, I can connect with that ordinary people relate to ordinary people as well as being a youtube influencer i understand that you've successfully completed your degree yes
1: yeah, so i i studied um economics at the university of york economics and finance and i decided to do this when i left um a form because i i this is a bad phrase to use but like the best i'd say the best of a bunch i know the saying is normally the best of a bad bunch but i think for me it was the I wasn't sure what I wanted, wanted to do. And the thing that I enjoyed the most or could see myself going into the most, not that I definitely wanted to, was economics. So yeah, I just pretty much finished up my A-levels, um, got BBB, and then went into uni, studied for three years doing economics with a, mm. a study abroad yeah. year in Australia during my second year, which is probably why I like traveling.
0: Oh, that sounds so yeah, good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I look back and I think, wow, what a time. Um, see, so, yeah, I, I studied economics and then now had a bit of a career change, which I'm doing um, an MA in professional acting. So it's a very big jump between Superb. economics. That and is a
0: big jump. Sort of yeah, masters as well. Yeah, um, yeah, Whoa. exactly,
1: yeah. But I think once again, relating it back to YouTube, I feel like people kind of like that side of things where it's like, oh, this this guy that I follow on YouTube, he's not just sticking to economics. He's going to something completely different. So oh yeah, if I wanted to change my degree after I finish my first one, I can. And there's that sort of, I see it as a continuous, uh, like a new chapter in the journey in the sense that I was one of the first to, to, you know, document being an average student as such. And then again, I'm one of the first to openly go on YouTube and be like, I did this degree. It didn't really work. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't really for me. I'm now going to go and do something completely different and try that. Um, So I think people like that as well.
0: Actually, on that note, have you had any comments from other students that have said, you know, thanks you know it was really good to find out that other people are finding it hard that you've come through or anything that would that's really given you a boost because you've shared so openly about your own journey Yeah,
1: definitely I feel like there's there's quite an uh, an underground community of people that let's say get absorbed into like the 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 stereotypically perfect study youtubers where they're getting a stars and they're going on to these great graduate jobs with everything lined Mm -hmm. up and I feel like so many people when they would ask me like "Are." what are you doing after your uni? And I'm like, oh, I haven't got anything planned yet. I might be doing acting. I haven't even looked at an internship or anything like that. They're like, oh, a few, neither have I. And it's kind of nice it's to know reassuring. that. Yeah, exactly. It's reassuring. Yeah. So there's definitely been a lot of support for the for the career change and just pursuing pursuing a dream as such. That's what people often like to say. Like, oh, it's so good that you're pursuing your dream. I'm like, thank you. Yeah.
0: If anybody's out there, I think you should Google. Uh, Dylan Reeves Fellows. And uh, I was very impressed because obviously you're doing your master's in acting. You've got – is it an IMBA? You've got like a presence as an actor. And you – which is – I have a Google page over on the right that comes up on my desktop. But you have – your own image from the NBA. I thought, whoa. And I scrolled through the pictures. Nice yeah. pictures too.
1: You know, if you Google, this is quite funny as well. If you Google my name and you click on images, obviously like some acting stuff comes up, a few YouTube things come up. And then a picture from outside of your house, Claire, comes up with Tash from prom back in year 11. Because do you remember
0: what uh, Matt's yeah, house?
1: Do you remember when we um we yes. all got the hummer? Did you look
0: good though? Uh, you must have been looking look good young, in your suit. But or something. I look good, yeah.
1: But it just made me laugh <laughs> because it's like all them years ago when we got in that Hummer for a trip round yes, the um, I remember. Basically, if you're listening, we it was Year Eleven Prom and we all went to Claire's <laughs> house, uh, Matt's house to uh to essentially meet up before prom and then get in a hummer to drive to our year eleven prom and that's one of the pictures that never leaves my Google Google Images side.
0: Let's think yourself lucky. It could be far worse, <laughs> isn't it? That's the o- that's the only thing with the internet. You know, you be careful what images you have on the internet mm. because it does not ever go away. It it's still does there. never
1: ever go away.
0: Um, I really like the fact that you've done economics and you're going into acting, which are both very different. But isn't it amazing how we can draw on the experiences from? From all those aspects of our decisions and the experience we've had, and I don't know if you're a Gary V. follower, but oh, uh,
1: Gary V. very he, motivational. He's isn't a great he?
0: online, uh, quite a character. But one of the things he says is, you know, when you're sort of a younger person or you know teens and early 20s you know to throw yourself at everything try lots of different avenues and my husband and I've said that you're quite an entrepreneur in that way you know you, you try lots of different things um so that it gives you choices and also you find out what you really like doing yeah. so if you were to sort of think uh sort of maybe five years from now what would you see yourself doing or what would you love to be doing
1: oh it's, it's such a it's such a good question I feel like in my head the three things i'm most passionate about are definitely travelling acting and then just just content creation in general so like youtube and stuff yeah. so i think in and this i'm i'm lucky in the sense that them three things work quite nicely together so as an actor the likelihood yeah. is especially or unless you're like a you know a huge famous actor you're going to be spending like days on end at home while days on then filming, what days auditioning. And there'll be that spare time in between where, let's say, if I had no auditions to go to or no jobs to work for, I could make YouTube videos and make content at home. And then I could obviously act in them other days when, you know, I, w- when I eventually get an audition. And then again, yes. when I'm not working, I can maybe have a weekend away. Or maybe if I was successful enough, the acting jobs could take me to some nice places. So I feel yeah. I'm lucky that them three kind of correlate. They
0: do, they merge. They, merge. they can merge really nicely. What would you say to uh, anybody uh, sort of in their sort of their teens up to 20s thinking about uh, YouTube or social media? Would you give any advice, something that you've learned that you would suggest if they are starting out on that journey of wanting to get known or wanting to document their own journeys? Yeah,
1: I so there's so many things obviously I could say. I feel like YouTube is one of the things that, as I started to make my own channel and grow and and build and create videos, I learned the hard ways and trial and error. But if I was to go back in time right now and, and rebuild the channel, I'd say that the very first thing I'd do, and I mean, as an editor yourself, you'll know this, but I would sit down and I would make sure my editing game was on point because you can spend literally ages mm. editing things the slow way or not quite adding in a slick transition um but as soon as you learn how to edit the fast way and uh get that on point before you actually start creating videos you'll save so much time in the long run
0: yes i, I mean yes.
1: You, like i if i if i edited videos like i do today uh, 3 4 years ago i would be be able to make so many more videos the quality would be so much better and i just sometimes yeah. I, I sometimes think like if i was to capitalize on that skill a lot earlier in my career as a youtuber how much quicker would my growth be so I think there's that thing and how much time would I save um so I think it's definitely being efficient in that process and then in, and then in terms of growing on YouTube I mean it's you know it's the um there's a survey by um some company in America and it said what's the most popular mm. uh, dream job amongst kids in, in primary school in America and it obviously has been an astronaut for so many years and I think about last year or the year before it became a YouTuber for the first time. And I can't remember the percentage of people, oh, yes,
0: but I remember lots that. of people,
1: yeah. uh, the, the percentage of people that wanted to be YouTubers was so much higher. So it's a very competitive thing nowadays. And it's all about, I think, I mean, you've touched on it a lot in this podcast, which was, I was lucky to have it, was authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I think you've really got to find and build your own authentic personality on there. And just, yeah, just, I think, the the ultimate goal of it is to yeah, be authentic, but you have to do what makes, you have to put out content that makes you happy. That's the only way you're ever gonna be consistent. Yeah. It's the only way you're ever gonna wanna keep doing it because I've seen people that make try and make videos for the views and they make them for like three or four months, they get a few followers and they're like, yeah, I'm getting loads of views, I'm getting followers, but they don't enjoy it. What they would like to mm-hmm. do is make a video on just sitting down and talking to the camera and showing off their new cool gaming setup. But because they're Mm. not doing that, they're doing stuff just for the views, they kind of, they don't stick at it. And when they don't stick at it, they fall off and then it's never sustainable. So I think, yeah, the three things are just knuckle down on the behind the scenes processes. Yeah. Definitely Mm. um, be authentic and just make what, and do what makes you happy sort of thing. That's one thing I think I've realised recently. Yeah, good idea. Because I've been... um, Obviously, you leave university. My whole channel is built around university, and I was like, "Well, what content should I make now? I don't know what to do." And um, it's it's not it's not really a deep philosophical philosophical question, um, but I've definitely realized that I, I shouldn't chase views anymore. I should just do what videos I want exactly. to do, and it's it's yeah. easier to say it than do it. Thing about just connecting with people, like I mean, like obviously, this podcast right now. I like doing podcasts. I like being involved with people. And that's sort of the whole sharing process in general, I find very uh, it's fulfilling, fi- fulfilling, isn't it? Fulfilling, yeah, exactly. Because I, I feel like I would, I just, yeah, I live to be around people and to connect with people, like everybody does yes. on that level. But
0: so you're finding li- a way, you're finding a way to do it using the tools of the trade that we've got available to us now, and yeah. and. And sometimes it can happen for people when they're young or it might take years. But, you know, when sometimes you meet someone, you think you see them and you think they're really flourishing in what they're doing. They're really like a round peg in a round hole. You're very natural about your decisions that you've made. You've tried things. How one of your not so great uh, quality of videos actually became your stepping stone, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I really like what you said about the money's in the description. So thinking about the description. Um, and actually doing things that you love and you enjoy rather than doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, and I just want to say, I, I think I'd like, if I'm still doing a podcast in a few years, I think we should do it again. Um, and definitely. just to find out what happened, did you actually get definitely. to the acting and did you manage to combine the, the traveling, the acting and the, uh, the YouTubing all into one? So
1: yeah, you have my word, Claire. If I ever, if I ever make it in the upcoming years, the first podcast I'm coming back on is extraordinary journeys. That's, that's guaranteed definitely
0: do look up uh dylan yeah. i'll um i will obviously leave uh, the, the links and so on in the description um and you know if you'd like to find look him up on skillshare i think that would be really good too um mm. one of the skillshares that i watched was actually how to do a podcast <laughs> and so if i've managed to do this then obviously that was a successful skillshare dylan yes so thank you so much for coming on my first one and for everybody for listening
1: thank you for having me